Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and your emotions. You could visit us at edgegodin.com and explore the different topics that we have there. We recently are in the midst of a couple different series. One of them is called Don't Waste Your Suffering. There are three parts to that. The last one was with Johnny Erickson Tata. A very powerful message all throughout that podcast for anyone who is experiencing any kind of suffering, whether that be mental, whether that be physical, spiritual. There are many different forms of suffering, my friends, and one is not worse off than the other. Many times when I share my story of going through advanced cancer and divorce and the five years of treatment, oftentimes I'll have people that'll come up and they'll begin the statement with, well, it's nothing compared to what you went through. And I'll often pause them at that point and say, hey, you can't categorize suffering. Your suffering is unique. God knows exactly where you're at. He sees you, he loves you, and he desires to carry you through whatever burden you are shouldering today. And uh, whatever that might be, even if it's a thought form, we have something called, uh, Dr. Amen speaks of them as ants, A-N-T-S, those automatic negative thoughts. And perhaps they're tromping in and destroying your interior picnic the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. This is all a job for Jesus, my friends. Edge God in is the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ, which is a project that you can explore at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is simply this. It is the activation of the Holy Spirit within us to help us do two things, discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did and continues to do. We have a book, a six-week study guide, a course. We're still offering the 50% off for the course. So at checkout for the course, if you're interested, please use the code EIC2023 to receive that 50% off discount and join our community as as well as uh, the class, the course that will give you a deeper dive into helping you to become the boss of your emotions. So we don't rise and fall depending upon how the world judges us at that time. Today's podcast, I have been taking a deeper dive once again into 1 John. 1 John was actually one of the first books of the Bible that I read when I was 17 years old. When I fell in love with Jesus and gave my life to him at 17, for those of you who haven't heard my testimony, just a quick drive by, my parents were kind of, particularly my mom knew that I was lost in the world and they had planned a trip out West. I grew up in Long Island and in Colorado, there's a ranch called Lost Valley Ranch. I didn't know it at the time, but the people that uh, were running the ranch and still run the ranch are Christians um, active in their faith. However, You don't have to be Christian to be able to go to the ranch. And so there I found myself in the midst of Christian wranglers. And a 17-year-old girl around Christian wranglers, God uses all available resources, my friends, to bring us 
into the fold. And he did that for me. I, I was invited by a very handsome wrangler at the time. Back in 1984, I believe it was. And I went to the Bible study and they asked me to read uh, from the Bible, gave me the Bible. And I read, <laughs> started out by saying, and it's Psalms 51. And they quickly let me know that it's actually Psalms and the P is silent. So that's that's where my my first education around the Bible began. And then we read John 15. John 15 captivated me. My heart was absolutely convicted when I read through. I don't know how many times, I think it's 10 to 12 times, it says the word abide, 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 or remain. And the metaphor given there that Jesus was using is a vine and a branch. So if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain, remain, remain. I'll often begin my day with that verse along with two other verses. The other verse is, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Followed by, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then I'll declare, I am the vine, you are the branch. Whoever remains in me and I in you will bear much fruit. The four words that stand out to me in those three scriptures are come, believe, follow, remain. And I came at 17 years old after the Bible study. Uh, they had a, a, a small little altar call and I kind of was on the outskirts of that. And yet, as I was walking back to my cabin that night, my heart continued to burn within me. So by the time I got up to my cabin, I hit my knees and I said a simple prayer, Jesus, it's Lauren, <laughs> as if he doesn't already know that. I experienced something tonight that I want in my life. I want to stop rising and falling, depending upon how the world is judging me. I want to be your follower. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life, the Savior of my life. Show me how to live from this point on. I surrender all that I am to you. And in that small little prayer, my life was instantly changed. It was similar to a Paul-Saul conversion in Acts chapter 9, where Paul was on his road, on his way to persecute more Christians, and Jesus appeared to him on the road of Damascus, knocked him off his horse. Metaphorically, I felt like I was knocked off my horse. <laughs> I grew up riding horses, and I was definitely knocked off my worldly horse. And he had me at hello. I used to curse like a sailor. Some of you already have heard that in other podcasts. The F-bomb was an adjective. Some of my friends laugh at me because they can't imagine that. <laughs> but you ask any of my friends I grew up with and my family, and it was a it was a constant in my life. But when I accepted Christ, that was you have many rooms in your soul, my friends. And when you open your heart and give the keys over to Jesus, he enters in. And some rooms he cleans out instantly. And that was a room he cleaned out instantly was my mouth and uh, prevented me from using that word ever again. Not because I said, oh, I can't say that anymore. It's because the Holy Spirit anointed me with the ability. And that's that's the whole 
driving force behind our project, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, to to manage our emotions, my friend, my friends, involves the the need for an anointing of the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to discern them first and foremost, and to be able to manage them in a way that honors God. Because I know I don't know about you, but I cannot do that on my own. And so that was a huge testimony. When I went back my senior year, many of my friends said, what happened to Lauren? Because I was the one planning all the parties and, you know, stealing in the vodka and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the world. Um, Cravings of sinful man, the boasting, what he has and does and the lust of his eyes. I was completely consumed by that, as John talks about in 1 John. And Jesus was after me. And so I was really into the good looking guys and there was a good looking he used a good-looking wrangler to invite me to a Bible study. He's the best multi-level marketer, my friends, I've ever met. And here I am today. That that wrangler, by the way, a year later, I kept in touch with him. He ended up um, going to heaven. He was killed in a car accident. And I remember a year later uh, crying in my bed because I, I had gotten close to him during that year when I was called by his sister that his uh, car had hit hit the uh, divider on a bridge and he was killed instantly. I remember crying out to God and, and really felt the Holy Spirit saying, you have a choice. I used him to draw you close to me. And now what are you going to do? Thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit has his, had his way with me and I'm here today. And the Holy Spirit is after you, my friend. So wherever you're at, nothing is too big for God. Come as you are. He loves you exactly where you are at. There's nothing you can share with him that's going to be a shocker to him. God knows everything and loves us completely in the midst of it all and loves us enough not to leave us there. So be attentive as we're having this discussion today about some few key points from 1 John. If you've never read the Gospel of John or 1 John, that's your earth school practice. I'm sending you out. Spend some time on your knees. There are five powerful chapters in First in John. And there's a theme. And no shocker here, John, the same person, the disciple of Jesus, meaning this is a first-hand account, witness account of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Very powerful. In John 15, he uses the word abide. Like I said, it's like, I remember I, I've, I've uh, circled it in my Bible, it's like 10 to 12 times. It's a lot, a lot a lot of times where it says abide, remain in me or remain in the vine. So that image is basically don't do anything without me. This is my practice these days. I'm really asked the Holy Spirit to help me to pray all day long. And um, it's definitely a work in progress and it's expanding. I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit for the grace to do so, because when you're doing life with God, everything becomes lighter. And asking him, hey, I've got this meeting, help me here. Hey, I'm, I'm going to take a break and go play tennis. Help me with my swing. Help me with this. Help me to be able to forgive. Help me to be able to move through this pain in the moment. He desires to help us with everything. Anything that's important to you, my friend, is important to him. So John continues that theme in the Gospel of, in the, I'm sorry, he wrote the Gospel of John. So John 15, he speaks about abiding, 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 abiding. He continues that and pulls that through all through the five chapters of First John. Abide, 
He also talks about something in 1 John 5, 4, which says, who is it that conquers the world? And he also gives the answer, the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, why is that the case? Because of the anointing. And he talks about the anointing as well. We are anointed by God, which gives us the ability to believe. Belief, my friends, and faith is a gift from God. Just like the man who declared to Jesus, Lord, I, I want this healing very badly for my son. Help, I believe, but help my unbelief. Ask for the help of belief and faith. It is a gift from God. 1 John 5, 4 is a theme. So our title for today's podcast is How to Conquer the World. John has given us the answer. The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God has the anointing and the ability because it's the power of the Holy Spirit within you to conquer the world. I'm going to share a little story with you that really captivated me this week, stopped me in my tracks, and I did a little more research on it. There's a gentleman that was named Shoni, Shoni Alex Braun, and he lived in Romania, born July 14th, 1924. And he was actually gifted. God gave him an incredible gift. He was a violin prodigy. And at the age of 13, he and his family were sent to Auschwitz, to a concentration camp, and then to Dachau. And there's one particular story that I heard this week about Shawnee that stopped me in my tracks. And I was going to share a story from my own journey conquering the world, right? When I was diagnosed with advanced cancer with three young children going through divorce, and they were trying to get me five years of life back in a uh, long time ago when I was 38 years old. I'm 56 today. Thanks be to God. Yet I heard this story and I thought, wow, this is this is the story I want to share today. So so here it is. So here is here is Shawnee Braun, 13 years old, 10 years old, um, thrown into, um, you know, it was all around him, the fear of death and, and what was going on. And he was, he was at 13 thrown to, into Auschwitz. Now there were SS officers, one in particular who loved the violin and had his officers go and choose three people that could play the violin. One was an older gentleman, one was middle-aged, and then there was 13-year-old Shawnee Braun. And the older one picked up his violin and began to play a beautiful, flawless piece. The SS officer came up behind him and cracked his skull open in front of Shawnee and the other gentleman. The other gentleman played. Again, an incredible piece, and the SS officer did the same thing to him. So you can imagine by the time they got to Shawnee Braun, he was shaking. And he had practiced pieces for hours and hours. And yet in this moment, because his life was laid on the line, it paralyzed him. So he prayed. And he said, God, give me something to begin. Give me something to begin. And then he began to play. And he played the most beautiful symphony. 
and flawlessly executed it to the end. The SS officer was so impressed, he gave him a loaf of bread and continued to give him extra food rations in exchange for him playing for him, and it saved his life. He wrote a book, Shawnee wrote a book called My Heart is a Violin. It's his gift saved his life. Now, this is the piece that blew me away. Shawnee had never played that piece before. He never practiced it. He didn't even know the notes. It was a completely different um, score than he had ever been exposed to. And that's why he testified that when you ask for something from God, he provides. And he provided Shawnee Braun with the song that the officer needed to hear to save his life. That goes, that, that holds true for the verse that says, do not worry about what you will say, for it is be the Father who will give you the words to say. So when we're thinking about all the pressures that we feel conquered by in the world, let's pause and remember that whatever we ask for in faith, even if it's a mustard seed size of faith, Lord, I believe, or I don't believe, but I want to believe, I want to believe that you're the Son of God. Grant me the grace to abide in you, to walk as you walk, as, as John says in 1 John 2, 6, whoever abides in him must walk as Jesus did. What's interesting about the victory that we get in Christ is in this small little book, there are only five chapters in 1 John, seven times John references believing in the Son of God as a key foundation for victory in the world. Seven times. This is your victory in the world. Believe in the one whom God sent. This is your victory in the world. Believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe in the Son of God. Again and again, seven times, he weaves it through the five chapters. Fifteen times, he mentions the word abide. So there, there again, anytime repetition, when Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto you, we're encouraged to lean in. And when he repeats himself, he does it intentionally with similar themes. And John's carrying this through First John. He's giving us the clues, my friend, on how to conquer the world. So what is it in your life that has you shaking in your boots today? Or perhaps is taking up way too much landscape between your two ears. You are the landlord of your mind. Holy Spirit, give us the ability to evict those thoughts that cause us to forget whose we are and that our victory lies in you. Even if we come to you in authenticity and we don't believe. Lord, you know many times when I was going through advanced cancer, I didn't think I'd make it. And I shared that with you. So give us the grace to be authentic, humble, and completely surrendered, just as Shawnee Braun was. Help me to begin. If you're feeling stuck, pray that prayer, my friends. Help me to begin. Holy Spirit, help us to begin again. You've given us a new day of life. What is our next step? And just as he provided the perfect score, the perfect song needed to save his life, we too have the ability to access that strength within us. 
John also encourages us not encourages us not to love anything in the world. The love of the Father is not in those who love the world. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of riches comes not from the Father, but from the world. This is the key line. First John 2.17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man and the one who does the will of God lives forever. So what does it mean to love the world? I call them my BC days before Christ had a seat on the throne of my heart. I would love the opinions of other people. I would love to be acknowledged, to be approved of. Anytime that I drift back into that space of the world, it's coming from some form of desire other than a desire to know God and to love people he entrusts to my care. Anytime I step out of that zone, that's when things get squirrely. That's when I start to get in the swirl, get spun, get hijacked. And John is calling us back. Hey, when you abide in Jesus, he abides in you. And we can overcome the world, the cravings, the lust, the boasting. What do you crave these days? What do you feel like you need to have in order to know that you're enough or achieve in order to feel in that place of confidence and peace? Notice how many times, just in chapter two, John mentions the word abide. He just references on both sides, when you abide, when you don't abide. This is what happens when you abide. This is what happens when you don't abide. When we don't abide, we, we separate ourselves from God. It's like that story I told you of the two older people that were driving, a husband and wife, and they passed a young couple, and the, they were just snuggled up next to each other, and his arm was around her in the pickup truck, and they passed by, and the wife turned to the husband and said, why don't we sit like that anymore? We used to sit like that. And he looked at her very compassionately, very compassionately and said, I haven't moved. And that's what God says to us today. He hasn't moved. He's always there waiting for us to return. It's not a matter of if we fall, it's when. And really our work is how quickly can we return? How quickly can we get back? Whether it's forgiving ourselves, forgiving other people, God's anointing is the one that teaches us about all things, everything that's truth. He gives us discernment in terms of what is true and what is not. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, he says, this anointing of the Holy Spirit teaches you about all things and is true. It's not a lie. And just as it is taught to you, abide in him. That's really the truth. Again, and now little children, abide in him. He repeats it in the next verse. So that what he is revealed, so when he is revealed, we will have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. So here's a, a great link for us today. When we abide in Christ, and even if it's just with our honesty, hey, I'm not feeling close to you, God, and I want to be because I read about and I witness these people that I've seen through the scriptures and their victory is in walking closely to you. So I want that. Show me what that looks like for me because I'm lacking confidence in my life and sense of purpose right now. We read in chapter 3, verse 6, no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known, known him. Now, what he's talking about there is, yes, of course, we stumble, we fall. Yet our mind is fixed on Jesus, the author and our 
perfecter of our faith. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how quickly can we abide in him again and remain in him. Mother Teresa said the most beautiful metaphor that I, that I, that I often say to myself, like a fish swimming in water, no matter where you swim, you're engulfed by the love of God. So even when we think that we've sinned beyond reach or we're lost, we're not. We're still engulfed in water like a fish. It's his love, though, that surrounds us because God is love. In fact, in verse 14, chapter 3, John says, whoever does not love, whoever does not love abides in death. And he speaks about that, that love is, is the way to go. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and refuses to help? So our, our call is, is pretty darn simple and summed up in 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. And this is his commandment, that we should believe, so this is the first step, belief, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. And that's like a drop the mic verse. <laughs> Very simply put out there by John, who followed Jesus, hugged him, saw his miracles, touched his hand. This is a first eyewitness account. This isn't secondary. This is a first eyewitness account and the wisdom that came from that account. Listen, he's saying to us, this is what it's all about. Let's keep it simple. Love God, believe in the Son, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and love each other. And when we do that, we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit within us to give us the grace to be freed from the things of the world that tie us down, cravings, lust, and boasting. All who obey his commands abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. So it's that triangle effect, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, by abiding in God, by believing in the Son of God, believing in his Son, we have the ability with the Holy Spirit within us, the anointing of the Holy Spirit within us that comes when we surrender our lives to Christ and in baptism. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to abide. So it's a circular experience. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come from come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. He goes on to give great clarity with that. And who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So the message, as you read through 1 John, you're going to see just the same message repeated over and over again. Trust God, believe in God, love each other. This gives you the relationship with God. You open your heart, you experience the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which allows you not to be hijacked by the world. Who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Gives you the ability not to be hijacked by the worldly worldly ways, and not to be imprisoned by the need to be right, liked, understood, all of that. He gives us the ability to recover quicker today than yesterday when we turn to him and abide in him, which is why I began this podcast talking about the importance of making your life a continual prayer. So that's my invitation, my friends. How many times 
can you give a thought to God today? Keep a constant stream of dialogue. When you finish one event, you just check in. Where would you have me go next? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? Use my face. Remind my face that you adore me. Give me the grace to get through this one more moment of pain, of grief. Abide in him, my friends, because this is our victory. And no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made perfect in us. As we read in chapter 5, verse 12, or 1 John 4, 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. This is our call. Love is not an emotion or sentiment. It's an act of willing the good of the other person, whoever that is. It expresses itself in a lot of different ways, but the bottom line is God is love. And he calls us to abide in him, to be able to experience that love so that we can give that love. We, ab- we abide in God so we know and believe the love God has for us. That allows us to know and believe the love that God has for us. He's given us his spirit. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God. And they abide in God. Again, he goes on to say again and again, this is a repeated message throughout. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. It's made perfected in us. And he repeats the commandment, love your brothers and sisters. We can't give out, my friends, what we're not mastering within. I'll end with the last chapter, chapter five. Chapter five, again, declares the invitation of belief. Five one. everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this, we know that we are the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For everyone born of God conquers the world. This is our victory. This is how we conquer the world. It's our faith. Who is it that conquers the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Belief unlocks the ability to conquer. How? Because we experience the love of God within us. And when you experience love, my friends, there is nothing you can't do. There is nothing you can't overcome when you experience and as you experience the love of God. So let's keep it simple. Believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Invite him into your heart and your life, your mind, your will, your emotions. Give him permission to go into every room inside your interior world. Give him all the keys, my friends. Ask him to clean out what is not of him and to fill up what is from him. And it's always the same theme. God is always after more love because he knows that it's love that saves. Judgment repels. So he wants to enter in even more profoundly with right where you're at today. He loves you. He adores you. And he desires to draw you close today so that he can fill you with the anointing of his spirit to help you conquer the world. Sweet Jesus, give us the ability to keep it simple and also the ability to make our lives a prayer, a constant stream of conversation throughout the day that 
that we could do it even more today than yesterday, in between the gaps of our to-do list, to pause and to lift our eyes to heaven. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us, Father God, to bring you glory and grant us the grace to abide in you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Conquer the world, my friends. The one who calls you is faithful. He'll give you the grace to do it. Outshine the darkness. I look forward to our next podcast. Enjoy your gift of life and make your life a prayer more today than yesterday. God bless you.